This is a Hot Pie Media Original. I am excited to say that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Are you stuck in Stuckville? <laughs> is there anything preventing you from reaching the goals that you desire? Is there anything preventing you from being happy or having joy? If so, you are like millions of other people and better help can provide you therapists that either specialize in the issues that you have, which you can't find that in a lot of locations. They contact you in under 48 hours. That is like the best service ever. Um, they are available all online where you can video conference your therapist. You can message them like they match you with a therapist that fits your needs. However, if that therapist is not right for you after a while, by all means, they will match you with another therapist. You are not stuck with that individual. And I will tell you, um, most offline or in-person therapy uh, or therapists that my human trafficking survivors that I coach see, um, they don't have that opportunity most times. They have to stay with that individual for a while. And if there is anything that you would even just like to talk to someone about, BetterHelp is really for you. Um, it's extremely affordable than anything in person, and they actually have financial aid available to you. Um, so join, join over a million people to BetterHelp. And there is a special offer for Inhumane podcast listeners, and that is 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash Inhumane. I mean, check out the reviews, okay? There is one by Anthony, and he writes, Karen is great. She's attentive. She gives great advice, and she really makes you think about your issues so you can resolve them in a fashion where you are comfortable. They allow you to take the lead. So join today, www.betterhelp.com forward slash inhumane and get that 10% off. Welcome to the Inhumane Podcast, episode 25. So I'm going to do something a little bit different that is so needed. So I'm going to have a reoccurring title and it is going to, it's, I'm going to name it Human Trafficking Today. So it is all the stuff that is like happening that is, you know, I just like need to get it out there, right? Without doing like a gajillion um, research, because I think it's extremely important. Um, and a lot of times I, I see things that are going on. Um, we're in the trenches, but I will, I'll, I'll put it down and we start researching and researching and researching and making sure it's completely accurate. And that's, it's not that I'm not giving you accurate information right now, but for example, like arrests, I want you to know some of these human trafficking arrests that are happening right now. Like when you hear and you see this horrible underlining just epidemic that we're having and you're hearing it like right now raw um i think one more people are really going to believe that human trafficking is happening in their own backyard um two i think that it will almost like force you 
to say, whoa, I need to open my eyes and I need to, I need to really pay attention. And I think it will also, number three, really help us protect the vulnerable. And that starts with our children, like 100% that starts with our children. So this is going to be, like I said, a new, you know, reoccurring episode where we are going to talk about some horrible things that are happening out there and it's just going to be raw. And yet we're going to come back and probably bring them up again once all the research is done and we're figuring out what happened to these individuals and um, you'll be the first to know. So real excited about this episode. So in the field of anti-trafficking, there are a lot of organizations, there are a lot more organizations popping up actually, and I'm very excited about them. Of course, it is a double-edged sword. You want to make sure... um, that obviously it's a real organization and they're not, you know, predators portraying themselves as one. Um, but for the most part, you know, we're all happy to collaborate with one another. Um, but I also think there's a little bit of a division within the anti-trafficking movement as well. And we're going to get into a lot of those in some other episodes. Um, like one big one is making prostitution completely legal. And we want to copy the model that's been happening in Europe for so long. Like if I said red light district, most people, especially if you've been to Europe, you know what that means. That is an area that all of the prostitutes hang out and you can purchase sex. Okay. Now, if you actually did some research, like a lot of people are just like, see, it's 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 awesome over there and it's legal and they make it work. Um, there's no human trafficking because it's all legal, like sex work is a real thing and it's awesome and it's freedom and it's independence. Um, yet it can't be further from the truth <laughs> because when you talk to. So, yes, don't don't get me wrong. There are individuals who choose a profession and they are a sex worker, right? Whether they're a dominatrix and they get paid for that. Um, they choose to be a, a prostitute. They, like There are forms of sex workers that choose to be there, but majority are not. Okay. They're not. So this is going to be a big controversial issue. And like I said, I think the movement, anti-trafficking movement is going to face a big challenge because you're going to have, there's really kind of no in the middle. It's all of these organizations and entities that are for it and all of those who are against it. And so that is going to be a few episodes in, on its own, but I just wanted to share that with you. Um, another another one that. I think separates or may cause a little bit of division is there are a few big names out there and they have literally said that like Hollywood, it's false to believe that Hollywood and politicians are, um, you know, are pedophiles and that they're trafficking individuals. Um, I find that really hard to believe, considering that you've heard and you've seen stories and people are being prosecuted, right? Like just just think of Harvey Weinstein, right? All by himself and all the sexual assault and abuse that he has. Um, I mean, but he was a predator, right? That's exactly 
what he did. He preyed on women throughout Hollywood before they were big stars, while they were big stars. Um, he did. And I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry, but silence is compliance. It totally is. So all of Hollywood that knew he was doing this, but they wanted to protect their own career and never said or do anything and let other young, young women go into the lion's den and didn't say or do anything. To me, that's that makes you a culprit. You said nothing. You said nothing. You did nothing. And especially after you became so super famous, you still said something and did nothing. Um, I, you know, some some fight and say, well, that's just kind of the times that people, you know, didn't really say anything. Now with this whole social justice movements and, you know, kind of people having like their own little revolution, if you will. Now they're having the courage to do so. I will give some grace. And I think that may be true with some people, but I don't believe it for majority. I just, I just don't. So I say all that to talk about this article about, um, this is a, I promise I'll make a connection, but this is a Maryland pediatrician. Okay. He has been charged with a hundred, 100 sex crimes against children. 100. Now, l- let's go ahead and say, because you know, that's not all of them, right? Because you know, some parents, they just don't want to go through all of that. They don't want to go through the news. They don't want to put their children through any of it. They put their children in therapy privately, but they're not going to come out in public and say anything. And they're, they're just not. So can you imagine how many more Like those are just statistics like that is always the truth. There are some that will just never come forward. That's 100 sex crimes against children. And he is a pediatrician. Okay. Oh, it gets, it, it gets worse. So this is Dr. Ernesto Torres or Ernesto Torres. He is 70 And he was accused of molesting 19 underage victims from 2001 to 2019, but 100 charges, right? 100 sex crimes, sorry, sex crimes. Um, And it reads that this like disturbing crime spree, like because that's basically what he did, right? Resulted in a 98 count indictment against him in 2019, December. Now, I'll give it that, you know, COVID happen. And so maybe a lot of people didn't see this and there wasn't a whole lot of, um, you know, media coverage on that, which just astonishes me, right? It astonishes me. We give so much coverage to all these people that are practically irrelevant or their 15 seconds of fame is up. And yet we can't give attention to something like this, because let me tell you what, if we had more attention on crimes, horrible, inhumane crimes like this, I bet parents and guardians would be would be really paying attention of who their kids are alone with. Just because he has MD at the like, we're so obsessed with titles, in, at least in America, we're so obsessed with titles. That that title means more and has more clout than 
I don't know, like maybe a homeless person. Most people would never trust their home, uh, you know, their child with a homeless person, but they're trusting him with this MD. And yes, he did, you know, take classes and he's bound by ethics. Yet this is what he is doing to children. That I don't know if you remember, that's 2001, 2018. That's 18 years of molesting children. Like I can't, can't, you know, right? Like just it, the, what it triggers inside me just infuriates me. One, obviously for the children, but also because it's like, oh my gosh, when are we going to wake up and really protect our kids? And I actually was trying to um, find out of how many were like repeated, right? So like your kid went, saw this doctor and then your kids started acting funny or they never want to go to the doctor. Like kids are telling you something with their behavior. A lot of times we think these kids are like, they need a spanking or whatever, but in reality, they're telling you something. They just can't articulate it, right? Like they're little, they can't articulate it. So how many times was a child just repeatedly abused by this pediatrician? And I'm also confused on how there were no parents. My mom was always in the doctor's office with me. Like, I mean, right now I'm grown and married. And yet if I let her, she would still want to be in the doctor's office with me. Um, Her and my husband have to fight for who gets to be in there. Right. So how do we let children, how, how is this even, even possible? Are we really, really protecting them when we say, okay, you, like I said, you'll protect them against a homeless person. There's, there's no trust there. Yet we trust them with all these other strangers and have no problem because of the titles in their name. And more and more do I see more human trafficking predators, human traffickers have titles after their name, have a lot of money have um, prestige in the community in some kind of way. We're just not doing our job, I think, as, as, a, as a community and internally with your, with your own family, right? Um, so this, this, this predator, he was found to be incompetent because he believed in like the evil black witch. And so that's what, of course, his attorneys fought for. And the judge granted it just because he believed in evil black witch. I mean, people believe in aliens doesn't mean that they're not competent for, um, you know, for the actions. It doesn't mean that they are not aware of the actions that they committed. And especially that many, right? Like he's literally a serial predator. Yet, we're going to make him, we're going to deem him incompetent. Like, I don't know what those parents are doing to that judge. I don't know how the community did not come down hard on that judge. I don't know how. And it just, it bothers me so much because if I lived, um, and this is specifically in um, Frederick County. So Frederick County in Maryland, if I lived in that community, I would totally get all these petitions. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, because it could be your kid. And let's go ahead and make it so no other doctor 
who is this kind of monster would ever step foot in our county again because he knows we're basically going to burn him at the stake. Right. Like, because that's what you're doing. You're totally chastised, like everything you can do to prevent that from ever happening in your community. And to me, that's your goal as a community is you're like, we're going to fight tooth and nail where the drug traffickers, the human traffickers, the gun um, traffickers, the gang members are going to be like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to go in that community because all those people are annoying. They make my life. <laughs> They're always nosy and paying attention. Like that makes my life too hard. I'm not going to go into that neighborhood or to that county. Like that is the ultimate goal. And it doesn't matter what side of town you live in, because if we all join like that, whether you live on the wrong side of the tracks or the other side of the highway, it doesn't matter. If you fought as a community, you would kick these people out. You just would. You would make life so hard for them. How did we not make life so hard for him where a judge allowed him to be incompetent? Um, so, And this was a circuit judge. And let me tell you, her name is Julie Stevenson Salt. That was her name. Now, of course, I'm not an attorney and there could have been some evidence or, you know, there's always something that goes wrong where you're like, this is a slam dunk. How could it not have happened? Right. How come he did not get life or whatever else is the the strongest sentencing in in Maryland? That should be upsetting because. What happens in other cities, other counties, other states, don't think it can happen in yours. Because So I'm from Texas. I don't know where you're listening from. And I'm from Texas. And we have some we have some very strong laws. Right. We're more of a conservative state. Um, However. There are things that are happening that are happening to human trafficking uh, victims as well as to children where I'm like, how did you let that happen? Where is the accountability? We have laws in place. Just because he has a stronger argument, right? And again, not an attorney, but it's so frustrating. Excuse me. So frustrating. And I do believe that you could like totally overturn as well, right? Like the bigger stink you make, they're going to pay attention. They just do. Um, so, of course, all the parents are extremely frustrated. Um, they... We're trying to find closure and healing. And this man did not get the justice that he deserved and that these children and their parents and guardians and family members deserved and that the community deserved as a whole. Um, However, we are thinking about you. Yes, it's 2021. Um, And I like I said, I've been trying to find more about this case for a little while. Um, But we're thinking about you. You don't have to give up, but in regards to finding closure, do not give him that power, right? You take that power back and you find healing. And we all can find healing this way as a community, as a whole. Um, so you're definitely in my thoughts and and prayers for that. Um, another case I want to I want to mention that, well. Actually, let me talk about this one first, because this one, um, it's not the doctor. This one may be the teacher. (laughs) So, 
every time I bring a teacher up in regards to, um, actually that one might be on my phone. Every time I bring a teacher up and say that, well, this teacher, you know, um, molested children or sex trafficked in some kind of way, I always kind of get the same response. And people always say, oh, they're like, they're like priests. Like, of course, there's a bunch of those. How is that? How is that a normal, like natural response? Like, I just don't, I don't get that one. I don't get how we kind of shrug our shoulders and be like, oh, well, there's been lots of teachers in the, you know, in the news for having sex with a student or whatever. Like just very nonchalant. And I, I'm just like, it, it, they too have an ethical standard that they must stand by, right? As well as they're an adult and this is a child. And like, I don't understand every time I get that, that answer. Like I can't even articulate my feelings when I get that answer. It's, it, it just makes me like, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. Because that means that we've accepted that as society, right? And I don't know how that cannot infuriate you and demand something better. Because I am a former private school and public school teacher myself. And that is not okay. That would absolutely infuriate me. If a teacher you know, a colleague of mine, and we found out that he or she did something along those lines, I would be the first one to tell you, like, you hear all the things that he did, or, you know, like, really looking for those times when maybe his best, you know, his true character maybe came out, right? You really start to reflect and analyze because you've known this person. So... The teacher one bothers me so much because that's how I feel society feels about like Hollywood and politicians like or the opposite. They're like, there's no way that that could happen. Like, why would they do that? They're, you know, a gajillionaire. Why would they do that? They're around kids all the time. Yet we're accepting and saying that a teacher could do it, but not these individuals. Why? Because in our society, we do not idolize teachers. We don't. That profession is... So like there's no reverence for them like they're used to like used to be, right? So there's none of that, no idolizing, but we idolize our politicians and we idolize Hollywood and and musicians as well. So we idolize them so we can say there's no way that they would do that. Yet we say, oh, it's happening all the time with teachers, just like priests. What? This episode is sponsored by Canopy.us. So you've heard me talk about parental controls and sexting and all of this porn that is readily available on your children's apps. It doesn't matter if they're one or all the way to 18. The average child is exposed to porn before the age of 11. One in four kids have received a sext, like, you know, a sext, <laughs> and one in seven have sent a sext. Now, remember, sexting is when you send or receive pornographic um, 
visuals, whether that's a photograph or that is a video. This happens in milliseconds. And one company, Canopy, has actually figured out a way to filter out this pornographic information, visuals, um, or videos. They actually help deter sexting, which you can't find that on any children's app right now. Um, And really, all big tech kind of just shrug their shoulders and say, um, that's kind of not my problem. We do what we can yet or or we're, we're not able to do so yet. Canopy has figured it out. They actually have done that. So many of the apps out there are extremely harmful, harmful when your kids are just looking at a simple, seems like a simple and innocent childlike cartoon or movie. And yet here we go. Porn is popping up on there. So Canopy gives you the power to block the app on the actual child's device. I get this question all the time. How can I block? I thought my parental controls work. They don't. But with Canopy, they can give the power back and to block all of those apps. Canopy also helps parents prevent exposure to porn and sexting rather than reacting after the exposure, which is what everybody is experiencing. And they don't even realize that their child was exposed to porn or sexting until sometimes until after they're already addicted. Um, Canopy is allowing your kids to actually be kids and they're protecting their innocence. So you can try Canopy today for free if you use the code INHUMANE. Check it out for 30 days free and then 20% off for life at canopy.us. Where are all the people paying attention? Like, are we just literally walking around blind and just accepting anything that goes our way and then we just say to ourselves when those adults get caught, we just say, oh, wow, I never would have thought that with him. When we say that, and, and just like I want to give you food for thought. So when we say that, um, that tells me we're not paying attention to the children or the young people that are around that adult. Because like I said, children's behavior and youth Young people, their behavior starts to change. Even when that individual tells them and scares them to death how they can't say anything um, and they threaten them or whatever, even though they're scared out of their mind or actually because they're scared out of their mind, their behavior is going to change. We're just not paying attention. And so on one hand, and and I'm going to, I'm going to call out all of you child advocates right now, too. Anybody who says that they are a child advocate, are you paying attention? Are you going to your or like the organization that you work for? How well, how well do they not just initially vet and do background checks, but during that person's employment? Who is checking on those children? Who? Because if you're a child advocacy organization or a child advocate yourself, who is being accountable? We can't be accountable after the fact. 
These kids are being trafficked. They're being sexually, emotionally, and spiritually abused. What kind of adult do you think that child is going to be become? What kind? If we don't protect them when they're young, what kind of adult do you think that they're going to become? They may become a monster and recreate what how they've been abused. And is it really that kid's fault? Or is it us as society and it's our fault? Because I'm going to I'm going to go with the latter. I really do wholeheartedly believe that it is us, the adult's fault. It's not that kid's fault. But yet we see them when they're 22 and 25 and making terrible decisions in and out of prison or, um, you know, having a bunch of children that, you know, maybe with a bunch of different dads um, and they're unable to really provide for their children. Um, they don't have their own solid sturdy foundation home life, right? Um, They could be drug users or addicted. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And all we do is look at them and say, you made bad choices. Well, back it up. Back it up and really look at when did all of that turn? So you're going to blame the 12-year-old? You're going to blame the 15-year-old? You're going to blame the 8-year-old? We're never looking internally and seeing what it is that we can do. And let me tell you, we can do a lot just by protecting them and just by being accountable and responsible and saying, that's not going to happen on my watch. Too many moms, and and I'm going to say a lot of them are single moms if you look at the reports. And I know you got to work, moms. I know you got to work. I know you got to provide for your kids. I get that. But you're leaving your kids with people who are trafficking them or abusing them or neglecting them. That's that's who we're leaving them with. And this is family, too. So this isn't just strangers. These are people you trust. So I just named a pediatrician a person you trust. They took an oath. They are around a bunch of children. I'm sure a stand-up person in the community trusted that individual and paid the money, by the way. Let's not forget that part. You also paid, okay? And now we have a teacher. You can continue to look up teachers nonstop. They're all over the place. Now, it's like any other industry and any other demographic. It gives teachers a bad name. I don't believe, um, of course, there are some occasions, but I don't believe that this person was like a good teacher and then turned bad. I really think that he was a predator for a long time and he chose this profession intentionally because he knew he was going to be around. Um, It's easy access, right? It's a totally easy access. You're a coach, you're a teacher, um, you're, you know, you're at the church and helping the children's ministry. Uh, Those individuals who help the disabled 
and their kids, right? Their their children or their young adults, um, but they too can't articulate because of their disabilities. <laughs> and they specifically, intently, maliciously go and work at those places. And so I am saying, where are you and where are the adults paying attention? We can't keep a, like the U.S. gymnastics. Okay, so we know that the Olympics ended at Tokyo. Um, the U.S. didn't do as good as they normally do. So I am a huge Olympic fan. I will stay up the wee hours, wake up at three o'clock in the morning to watch my favorite, um, you know, favorite competitions. So I love the Olympics. Love it, love it, love it. But what happened to the U.S. gymnasts? Because of their uh, team doctor? Where were all the adults? What, how did that happen? And when we continue to say like, well, our children didn't say anything. And I'm not saying you're a horrible mom. And I'm not trying to call out parents in the sense of like, you know, you didn't do your job and it's your fault. Um I know things happen and I know we're busy and I know we're trying to put foot on the table and I know we're working hard to give our kids better than what we had. I totally get that. But more than all of those material things is their safety. And we give our we give too many people access to our kids. That's what I'm saying. We give too many we trust too many people. And we give them access to our kids. That's online and that's in person. Because I know that most traffickers and abusers are people we know. Not all family, but there are pediatricians, there are teachers, there are coaches, they're, I mean, the neighbor, they're, they're everybody. We give them too much access. And I've said this before on the show, but my dad did not allow me to stay the night anywhere. And it was extremely upsetting. I always thought like I was missing out. Um, the girls would talk about sleepovers and things like that. And in elementary, middle school, never allowed to stay anywhere. Even majority of high school, I really didn't get to um, stay the night at my girlfriend's house until like I was a senior in high school. And even that, it was a little, lim it was a little very limited. Um, and I thought I missed out, but obviously I didn't know anything back then, right? I was a young person. My dad's number one job was like, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to protect you. The end. Like that's, that was it. Great man. Super sweet um, to me. <laughs> but he made sure that safety was first before anything else. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.